time. It's time. So get your popcorn ready. It will be political. Political. It will be biblical. Biblical. We must stay vigilant. We must remain watchful. So sit back and put your feet up because you're about to learn to discern the truth. Welcome to the Watchmen. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Watchman Podcast. My name is Casey. Um, so good to be back with you guys today. I uh, just want to go over a couple things before I introduce our guest today again, uh, whom, we, whom we've had a couple times on, and she's back again for a third time. Uh, but I want to just uh, let you know where you can find the podcast and find me. You can find me on Instagram at uh, the underscore Watchman underscore podcast. Um, you can find me on anchor.fm uh, forward slash KC756. You can go there as well to support the podcast, as well as paypal.me forward slash one word watchman podcast, as well as my Venmo. You can Venmo me as well uh, for support, and that's KC-Cusick-5. That's KC-Cusick-5. So anyways, now that we got that out of the way, Jesse, w- welcome back. Thank you for coming back on the show again. It's so good to have you back. I know you spent pretty much the mat- last... um month-ish on the road uh, every week. yeah I sure did I know you have some traveling you, yeah <laughs> so I know you have some things you want to discuss about your new um kingdom living uh series and I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce that and talk about some new I think you have a new book coming out as well soon yeah so this past month yeah I started off I was in Miami Florida filming uh my new course which is foundations of kingdom living and uh I want to encourage everybody to go to my launch page, kingdomlivingwithjesse.com. We're going to release the course probably at the end of August, early September. Uh, so it's very dynamic. If you want to know uh, how we're supposed to live during this time, if you want things that are going to um, help you in your intercessions to overcome the evil one and begin to build that framework for spiritual warfare in your life, uh, this is the course that you want to take for that, and I will be building off of it throughout this next year. So again, uh, that's kingdomlivingwithjesse.com. And then the second half of my tour, um, I was in Alabama at the Tribe Quantum uh, Conference, and that was just amazing time. Um, I sent you video of my session from Friday from that conference and um, just had some very powerful moments with the Lord through that entire thing. It was fantastic. I watched it. <clears throat> I know you're a chaplain, but boy, you're a preacher too. So <laughs> <laughs> I well, wouldn't I, call that I, preacher. I'd like to, with your permission, <laughs> well, put that in the, um, one other thing I forgot is up to go on Rumble. That's where you can find the podcast too. But I would like to put that in the, um, the you know, put the link below in the, in the box so people can know where to go to find that because I really highly recommend listening to it. It was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So I, that uh, was kind of a brief summary of some of the things that I cover in Kingdom, uh, the Foundations of Kingdom Living course. Um, so I talked about different things like, you know, what is the structure breakdown of this Illuminati system that we're fighting? Um, I also call it the Brotherhood, uh, the Deep State, the Cabal. It goes by many names. I talk about the Nazism that's interconnected with that and then how they operate. How do they function? How do we begin to know as we go into a community who's in charge and where does their authority stem from? How can we break down that authority and 
how can we begin to take back our kingdoms, our communities, sorry, for the kingdom of God. So um, I encourage people to watch that. I also have it available on my Twitter, at, uh, which is Aboder Jesse, as well as um, I know it, it was posted on YouTube as well. And also, Jesse, while you're talking about that, could you go ahead and share just because if we got any new people out there that are looking or watching this for the first time to where they can support you as well in your ministry? Yeah, definitely. Um, there's several places. Uh, the biggest thing, you know, that's most important to me is creating awareness and keeping the information flowing because the enemy really wants to target and stop people from knowing the truth. He doesn't want you to know how his kingdom works. So I encourage people, you know, follow me on Twitter. That's uh, one of the only platforms I have right now for my voice to be on. Um, I also have books that are available on amazon.com. I have His Kingdom Comes in Power and The Anointing Overflows. I also have Five Minutes of Grief with God uh, for anybody out there grieving or who knows others who are grieving. Um, it's a great book to work through and you're welcome on, I think it's once a month, usually the end of the month, um, I'm on Aquarius Rising Solutions uh, Patreon channel, and uh, we do a book club going through the five minutes of grief with God. And then um, you can also support me on Patreon as well. Um, so I think that's about it. <laughs> Wonderful. And if you don't mind, I know you had mentioned there was on your Patreon that you have needs for military vets and others. Yeah, we do. Things. Yep. I post um, on my Patreon every week. I put up uh, updates up there. Um, and then for my, my ministry, main ministry, which is Illuminate the Darkness, um, our goal is to really come alongside of those who have been whistleblowers, uh, whether they're in the veterans community or the survivor community, or if they've worked in the government. And so we raise funds, we put the needs out there. Our goal is just to make it so that these individuals have their rent, their bills, uh, specialty needs like medical vehicle, uh, dental. As those needs come up, we help to raise funds and all those funds go purely to those individuals. So this last month was great. We had many needs. Um, we had several vehicle needs and we did have a survivor and a veteran who had dental needs and other car needs. So we put out the request for these funds and I just give the specific amount. What was great was that I was able then to call those individuals uh, you know, a couple weeks later and to say, hey, uh, be watching your bank accounts, be watching your mail. Uh, the money's coming in full to meet that need. So, um, you know, they're so appreciative of everything that we can help them with. Right. Yeah. Praise God. That's, that's wonderful. And and like I said, folks, you know, Jesse's, Jesse's, she's a good one to support and, uh, I believe in her and her ministry. So <clears throat> please follow that and, and meet the needs of the, especially these vets, because, you know, they, they deal with tough times and, yeah, I understand how that can go. My dad was actually in the military, but anyways, uh, so getting into uh, our topic for today, well, many topics, I guess you could say, uh, but first thing I wanted to do is just say that I really 
just personally appreciate that. I know you're having to deal with a lot of chaos right now in the whole truther community with all the things, and I don't even want to really get into it because it's all just banter. But I really appreciate that you stand for what you believe and you're not allowing others to push you out of you know, who you stand with and why you stand with them or what you know to be truth or what you know not to be true. So I just want to say thank you for that because it is, it's I, everything, you know, right now, just in, within the truth or community. And I talked about this on previous podcasts that I just did recently. It just seems like everything's all of a sudden chaotic. You don't know who, who's giving you, at first it was all this truth, truth, truth. Now this truther's mad at this truther and it's just everywhere. And so it's, and, and you know, and I want to, just say that I was going to say this a little bit later, but I mean, even the Bible says in first Corinthians 14, uh, 33, that God is not the author of confusion. So if right. it's confusing, we know this can't be, this isn't godly, you know, this isn't God. And then also Bible says in James three sixteen that we're envy and strife are, which was what we're seeing right now, mm -hmm. that every evil work. And so we see that the devil is trying to infiltrate what truth is, like you just said, and uh, yeah. he doesn't want you to know the truth. He doesn't want us to know that this is really what's going on because he tries to discredit you or others that are truthers or that are telling right. the truth with some, you know, little, whatever they may be demon, you know, that's coming out and trying to come against that. So first question that I really just want to get into first is, do you have something you want to say about that? No, I <laughs> no. was just going to, I want to hear where you're going with this first. I can bring in what I have to say in a little bit here, but. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay cool. Cause first thing I wanted to talk about was, so, and I was looking at your, Twitter, which a lot of times I do. And I like to talk about things currently, you know, this is a, the podcast is a biblical outlook on what's going on in the world politically today. So I try to keep up as much as I can. And like you said, your Twitter page is a wealth of knowledge. You put out a lot of good information on there. And um, so first things first, I just wanted to talk about, which everybody I know is talking about this right now, is the raid that happened down at Mar-a-Lago. Now, I know I had asked you what your opinion was on it. And you had sent me that and it was interesting, and uh, that little pa the piece of paper about the judge. And I, I would just like to know what your opinion is on what they're trying to do or why they did this. And uh, then I'm going to have a follow-up with about President Trump. Yeah, you know, I definitely think that everything that we're seeing happening, even you brought up, you know, that I'm having to navigate through this time where there's a lot of confusion, there's a lot of chaos. Um, you know, the biggest question in everybody's mind is who can I trust and who is telling the truth? And we need to really wrestle with those things. And I encourage people, you know, that this is a time where you need to ask the Lord for your discernment to be increased because I call it a fine lining. There's a fine lining between what's really true and what's really not. And we have a lot of individuals who are not good that are walking in that fine line place where, you know, as scripture talks about in these last days, that these people have a form of godliness, you know, on the outside, they look good, they look pure, they look like they're Christian, they look like they're, you know, speaking truth, um, you know, they're really advocating for things that all of us want, like the protection of children, the safety of children. Um, however, you know, what does scripture say? That they have that form of godliness, but they really deny God's power. So, you know, that's what I spoke on this weekend at Tribe Quantum is 
how can we know who really is speaking the truth? And I believe it goes down to, you know, that resurrection power. Don't believe people who just claim they're Christian. Don't believe people who, you know, copy and paste scripture and tend to twist it or use it for whatever situation they believe it applies to. What you need to really look at is who's really walking in that resurrection power. And with that resurrection power, we know that scripture says that there will be healing the sick, raising of the dead, cleansing of lepers, and casting out demons. And we also know that there's going to be greater than these miracles. And that's really what is at the back scene that the enemy is trying to keep from coming forward. Because when we break this down, we're really in a spiritual battle that, you know, we have this Luciferian brotherhood that is trafficking children, women, men, not just trafficking. They are, you know, breeding, consuming, um, you know, ritually killing these individuals. And the enemy wants to keep his kingdom going as it's always gone. And at the same time, you know, we know that scripture tells us that the Lord has allotted a certain time for Satan to have his kingdom. We know that the Antichrist is rising. We know that the light side of, the, of Satan's system is stepping to the forefront, that, that he's disbanding the dark side and he's bringing in that light side with a form of godliness. And he wants you to believe that those light side members are Christians, that they have a relationship with God, that they promote what's best for humanity. And all along, what's behind it all is the sin of pride, that these individuals do not submit the need to the Lord Jesus Christ. They do not promote that Jesus Christ is their Messiah or their God. They do not surrender to that resurrection power because they have a form of godliness. They believe that they, um, that they themselves dictate what happens, that, it, that life is based on their good works, not based alone upon the work of Jesus Christ at the cross where he died for our sins and he rose to give us eternal life. And they don't want to subject to that resurrection power. So in this war, you know, everything that we see is interconnected with it. Um, you know, with that raid, um, I believe, you know, that Trump stated that there were uh, classified as well as other documents that were part of um, client lawyer privilege. Uh, who's his lawyer? We know that that's Tickton. What is the case that they're working on? It's the Crimes Against Humanity RICO case. Where is that? That's in Florida right now. Um, you know, so what did these goons do? I guess I'm going to be the first to state it. You know, I believe that they marched in there and stole court case documents that were classified. Uh, why did they want to do it? My guess is because many of them are named in those documents and they want to um, remove that information from the courts. Uh, 
you know, so we're not just talking about an unlawful raid on a U.S. president, you know, on his residence. We're talking about individuals that literally are trying to tamper and stop uh, witness testimonies. Um, so I guess that's it in a nutshell. That's what I believe was happening and going on with that. Yeah, and I, I agree with you because even um, President Trump's mentioned now exactly what you said, that they were after, they are stuff in there that was attorney-client privilege, which is illegal. I mean, of course, everything they do is illegal, so. Right. Anyway, so with that being said, okay, my follow-up question is this, where is Trump, whether it be fact or opinion of yours, um, in this whole dark to light plan? Now, I saw that you had posted that little snippet on your Twitter, and I found it interesting, but I just wanted to hear you talk about a little bit about that. Like, where, where does he fit in this, in your opinion? Yeah. Or, you know? Well, I, I have lots of questions, you know, I have lots of questions, and I guess I got to kind of present it that way that, you know, with everything that's going on, um, you know, I have, my testimony um, has gone forth federally. Uh, first, you know, it went through individuals who I believe directly uh, gave it as open source material to, to Trump. Um, second, you know, that material then went, you know, to those individuals coming from my own mouth and words. So when that happened, you know, interestingly enough, you know, I wonder if this is why Timothy Charles Holmseth and Randy Erickson are being so heavily attacked, um, you know, because they were pulled into a Minnesota court case um, against individuals who are named, not all by me, um, but in certain incidences. And what did those individuals do? They brought into that case that, um, or I'll just say Droll Law Firm, who was the law firm brought into that case and published um, sealed information. Uh, what is in that sealed information and those evidences and why were they trying to pull it into a family court um, without witnesses or people whose testimonies are in those sealed documents um, being allowed to bring forth evidences and discovery. You know, so there's a lot of questions around that. And what are the legalities for a law firm um, uh, and a court and those who initially received sealed documents? Um, you know, I wanna know where was the leak? Who's the guilty party? And uh, what are the consequences for those who take sealed testimonies and try to pre-publish in order to discredit or order in order to harm, in order to stop or hinder testimonies? Um, Trump's not the only one that these things are happening to. You know, how many witnesses are there who are coming forward against the Luciferian Brotherhood and the crimes that they have committed. And, you know, who's been taking charge of 
keeping those testimonies and trying to protect them. You know, I will say that Donald Trump has been um, protecting those testimonies to the best of his ability. And, you know, he's working on behalf of the survivors, the victims. And as a president, you know, he's made that his goal to end human trafficking. And I believe he's been doing a darn good job. So I think, you know, that as they raided his place and attempted to literally steal these testimonies and evidences from coming forward, I believe that the Moab, you know, the big mother of all bombs is just around the corner. And I think that, you know, these people are going to find that they can't fight what God already was orchestrating. You know, he says that his kingdom comes in power and that the righteous take it by force, that we take that enemy's kingdom by force. So that's where I believe Trump is standing right now with things. And um, I encourage people, you know, we need to get out of the mix of he said, she said, he's truthful, she's not truthful. And we need to look at what are the real problems going on and keep our mind in the war because there's so many distractions. And when we keep our mind on the distractions, nobody's focused on the problem that we have individuals who are trying to come forward against the Luciferian Brotherhood and against the horrific crimes that they've committed against children and humanity. And this brotherhood is attempting to silence those testimonies from coming forward. They're attempting to prevent the lawful um, conviction of those in their system who have committed these crimes. And that's where our focus needs to be. I, I agree with you 100%. You're, you're exactly right. And, and, and that's what I wanted to get into uh, after you had talked about that. You you got ahead of my, on my next point. point oh. you were, you were, no, <laughs> Sorry, you, I tried to stay on your points. Great. It was like, but, but that's what I was going to say is what's going on within the truth or community. And because like I said, you know, the God's not the author of confusion where there's envy and strife, there's every evil work. So, which you kind of gave a little bit of your opinion there on what, what is it that do you believe that some of these people always intended it to be that way? You know, I, I know growing up in the church and growing up, like I said, you know, I grew up under my parents were pastors and things. So for me, I always was around the, you know, church, the body of Christ. But one thing that I do know, and I hate, I don't like it. I just don't like it at all is when somebody does one thing wrong, or we says one thing that we disagree with, it's they're discredited completely. And it really isn't that yeah. way. You know, we're not all walking Bibles where everything is truth about us. You know, it's everybody has flaws, but I, I like, and you've said this a lot of times too, you know, everybody has a piece to the puzzle and everybody has to put their piece together. And why I said that I liked it, that you were standing because united we stand, you know, divide, if we're going to sit here and be divisive there, this is going to go nowhere and it's going to all crumble. So, so that's pretty much what I was just wanting to um, go back to though, was is like, why in the truth or community, do you believe that some of these people always were like this? Are there some of these stories completely made up or is it just, you know, them or it's attacks, I should say. Yeah, I mean, you've got several different things going on, you know, where you have people who 
um, you know, are just the earnest to goodness. They're coming out, they're sharing their stories. They're um, putting the truths out there. They're standing in the fight and positioning themselves exactly where they need to be. But then you have individuals who, you know, they watch what goes on. They see the movement of the hearts of people and they want to capitalize on that. Um, they want you to believe that there's something that they're not. And they're really good at exploiting people's hearts, uh, making you believe, you know, things that they're doing or that they're supporting um, to cause distraction or to cause you to look in another direction or to cause chaos, division or strife. And, um, you know, I see that so much. Um, you know, there's just so many. And the only way that you can bypass that is if you really take the time to get to know people. But even then, you know, people can be so deceptive, where individuals that you thought you could trust, um, in the end, you know, they turn, uh, they make decisions that are not the decisions you're making, and you have no no other choice but to part with those individuals because their agenda is not lined up with the Lord's agenda. So um, I guess that's kind of where it stands in that community. And it is a challenge to navigate. Um, you know, kind of how I feel is that if I don't have a direct word from the Lord telling me not to be involved with those people or, um, you know, direct evidence of guilt on their part, then I just choose to remain in that neutral ground, right. uh, which means that I'm going to show my support to everyone. Um, you know, I'm not going to hash bash or say bad things, but I want people to think, you know, I'm going to put the questions up. I'm going to repost the questions that call. Um, I think that that's the best way to approach it. Uh, but time is coming where everybody's going to have to choose. You know, people are going to have to make those decisions about who they stand with and who they don't. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, I encourage everybody to prayerfully be seeking the Lord. And we have to stand true to our own personal testimonies because scripture tells us that it's by the blood of the lamb and it's by the word of our testimony that we overcome the evil one. So if we forsake what we personal, personally believe or what we've been given by God to bring forward, um, then we're not going to be able to overcome the evil one. So <laughs> that's good. Sorry. So that, that leads me into uh, my next question, which is, we're talking about, you know, division in the truth community. So one of the things that's being talked about, and I touched, we touched on it, I think a little bit um, the last time you were on, but it's becoming more, it's like, it's not going away, which is the whole, the Bible's only 66 books. And then we have the others that are out there saying, well, there's 777 books that, you know, that were hidden in the Vatican and on and on and on and on. And you've brought out what I've always learned from the time that I was a kid based on the Bible. The reason that they have 66 books was because each one of those books leads us to Jesus being the Messiah. 
Now, in these other books, which I haven't really, I have, guess I've read the book of Enoch and I've read a couple other books, just, you know, younger and just interested out of curiosity. But uh, there isn't 777 books that were supposed to be in the Bible. I mean, the, the books that were in the Bible are the books that are in the Bible. If God couldn't have gotten, you know, his plan out there, I mean, you know. So what I'm saying is, please discuss a little bit about that, because I know you had mentioned yeah. on, on a previous episode, not, I don't think it was with me, but about the Orthodox Church were the ones that really kept the Bible together and away from the deception. Right. Well, I think, you know, the first indicator is just that they put that particular number, 777, out there. That is seen as a divine number. Um, you know, it represents the seven spirits of God, the sevenfold spirits of God, and, you know, the sevenfold miracles that are to happen at, in the last days. So when people hear that number, they think it has to be of God because it's a, a holy number. But that's even part of the deception. You know, we, we know that by looking at those, all those books, those 777, when you apply Let's go back to the resurrection power. When you apply the truth of who the Messiah is and the resurrection power to those books, the majority of those books are going to be wiped off the plate. You're going to end up with 66. Mm -hmm. uh, no matter how much you want other books to be in there, when we apply the resurrection power, we end up with only the 66. Those are the only books that speak to the prophecies about the Messiah to come and his fulfillment, which is the redemption of the world. Um, so even books like Genesis, you can go through and you see all these, what you think are useless genealogies in there. But if you break down those genealogies, um, you know, they're in Genesis, they're in Chronicles, where it talks about the setting up of the first temple. Uh, they're in the book of Luke. Um, you break down those names and those genealogies and in order you get the gospel message. That is how divine these 66 books are. Right. Um, out of those 777, you're going to get some wackadoo books. Uh, one's going to be the gospel of Thomas. Um, right. You know, a lot of people believe that was really written by the disciple Thomas. I'm going to say, I challenge that. I don't believe it was written by Thomas. One you know, we learn in scripture that Thomas is very scientific, mm -hmm. that he, um, you know, was a very tangible individual. When he saw Jesus appear after he had risen, he said, you know, or the Lord could see that disbelief. And he said, here, touch my side, touch, touch where the nails were. He gave Thomas that tangibility. Yet in the Gospel of Thomas, it is anything but scientific and tangibly minded. Um, it's seriously like a wackadoo book where Jesus is presented as something that he's not. You know, and I was left thinking, who, what the heck happened to Tam Thomas if this is Thomas, you know? Um, so the truth is, I don't believe it was written by Thomas. The other thing about that, that Gospel is that... Um, that gospel was set aside by the Luciferian Brotherhood as part of their end time rituals. It was read in June of 2008. 
18 um, in Washington, D.C. at the Blair House um, during a ritual underground. Wow. Why? Wow. Because the Gospel of Thomas really is a ritual, end time ritual book. Um, it was used to bring about um, the different, um, how can I put it? It was all part of basically the ordination of the Antichrist. So that book was read for his ordination. So think about that, people. Um, you know, if it was really a book of God, it would not have been read at the Antichrist ordination. So many of these books are books that the Priory of Zion, which is, um, you know, we'll say the keepers of the biblical information. Um, the Priory has kept all of these books together for their end time great apostasy. Why? Because they want to deceive us. They don't want us to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. They want to feed us the biblical narrative and they want us to buy it line, hook and sinker. So that's why I'm so adamant against, um, you know, all those theories that they're putting out right now, um, you know, where it really takes away from the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That's right. Yeah, you're exactly right. And that's only one book of the seven. That's only one book. We could go into the others, but. And that goes back to the same scripture I already quoted three or four times, which is God's not the author of confusion. So that book alone leads to much confusion right off the bat. Right. Great. So, and, and now another thing, too, that's being pushed and promoted seems like just a lot lately is this whole reincarnation thing. You know, what is the reason that why is that there? Why are they pushing this? You know, there's this guy that has this disclosure series i don't know if you've seen it but i don't I, I watched a few things of it but and i'm not doubting that that's really what they believe but it isn't the truth correct yeah no they don't believe in reincarnation um you know what they believe is pretty much what we would call ascension that they, they're ascending to that place of godhood um that ascension has many different forms. So, you know, for those on the low end of the, of the totem pole, they want them to believe that they have to strive and strive and do all sorts of stuff to attain this better life the next time they come. That's one of their deceptions because the truth is you don't get a second life. Once you die, that's it. What have you done with your time? You know, the Lord's going to hold you accountable and um, he's not looking at how many good acts you performed. The one thing he's looking at is, do you know me? Do you know me? And if you can't say that, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's not just, you know, who he is or, you know, about him. The question is, do you know me? And there's an intimacy with that. And if you don't really know him, then, you know, you're not going to be in his presence for eternity. So, um, you know, that's one of the deceptions is that, you know, that we have that possibility of reincarnation. 
Um, what's scarier, I've brought out on one of my Right on Radio shows and a couple others about, you know, one of the highest elites in the military was Colonel Michael Aquino. And Aquino uh, wrote an end time manual that our military is currently using, and that's um, the Mind Star Trilogy. In that series, it goes from, you know, how are they going to gain control over the minds of the masses to how are they going to gain control of the spirits of the masses to how are they going to gain control of your quantum body of the masses? Um, in the second book, literally, there is a suicide code embedded in the book. Um you know, where they're giving exact details about how do you create mass suicide? Uh, they're doing it several different ways. Uh, the first is the push of the theory through the Galactic Federation, which is connected. Uh, that's part of the light side of the system that there are these star beings that we're all star beings, but only 144,000 as the book of Revelation says, are chosen. So they're claiming that there's already these 144,000 souls that the Lord has chosen who have not yet all received their bodies. And in that, there's been things going out that, you know, there may be a mass um, near-death experience event. And if you just so happen to be in that uh you know, near death event, um, you know, when the star being comes to you and says that help you, they just need to use your body of your body over to that. So, uh, that's the first deception is that, you know, you, you lose control of your body, you give it to another spirit being, um, you know, the Bible tells us that's possession. That's right. You know, God's created us with our own soul. Why do we have to lose our soul to receive this other soul that God's chosen? I think that's a huge lie. Right. God's chosen you. He's chosen each of us. You know, we each have that opportunity to be the, that chosen one. How do we do it? It's through, you know, knowing God. There, that's the only way. We have to know God. And um, so the other part with that suicide is that, you know, that they're going to create different scenarios that scare people. They also have been telling people that we're spiritual beings and that we don't need our physical bodies. Well, what does the Bible tell us? You know, it doesn't tell us to abandon our physical body or to commit suicide so that we can ascend into our, you know, our true spiritual self. That's not what scripture tells us. Scripture tells us that, that when we see the Lord, when he returns, that there is going to be this moment that will happen in the twinkling of an eye that our physical and our spiritual body together will be transformed in a moment 
just like at the Lord's resurrection. He didn't lose his physical body. His physical body was transformed into that everlasting spiritual body that is both physical and spiritual. So we got to be really careful about (laughs) these deceptions going out. Um, They get really wacky and crazy is all I can say. That is exactly, you are exactly right. And you know, what's funny was that I, and that's what I want to go to next is about uh, John Todd, because I heard him even say he's, he, the devil's got them so confused as to that they can ascend to become gods, even though he himself couldn't do that. So he's tricking them and they believe him who he, he and he couldn't even do it. Right. So, so which gets me into um, the next topic, which is um, just the bloodlines of the Illuminati. I wanted to just say a couple things though, about, about, you know, I, I, like I told you before, I watched uh, John. I watched you and George a couple of weeks ago on on uh, the Reveal Report talk about this, and she, he shared the video of John Todd. So I went back and found a couple other videos of him, you know, talking about just. And it's just I, I highly recommend anybody to listen to it because it's he's like this guy was like a wealth of knowledge of what really goes on and at different levels and in your local community. I mean, it's unbelievable. But I just wanted you to talk a little bit about. The bloodlines of the Illuminati. So there's 13 bloodlines, which I know you've said now there is 14 adding in the Muslim Brotherhood. Right. Originally, there was 13. First question that I kind of have is, are the 13 bloodlines of the Illuminati supposed, is it supposed to be like a counter from the actual bloodlines of the Jews back in the early um, Old Testament? Is this, is it a mocking thing? Is that how they Yeah, come? no, there is, uh, the bloodlines are mixed. So the easiest way to describe it is that when the God, when God called Abraham out of the land of the Canaanites, um, you know, he called him to set himself apart and promised him that he would make him into a mighty nation. Uh, the first thing, you know, when the promise didn't come and he had no child, his wife, Sarah, gave him her servant, Hagar, by which he bore a child. Uh, that child was Ishmael. So that's the lineage of the 14th line, which is the Muslim Brotherhood. They're all descendants of Ishmael. Um, It's not that there were 13 and then now there's 14. Uh, That 14th was always there, but they've kept. That's their purest line. Mm -hmm. Um, They keep that where it's just straight uh, lineage of Abraham and Hagar. So what you don't have is Sarah's DNA in that mix. Um, But that's the purest bloodline for Abraham. So then he had his 12 or his, uh, I'm sorry, his son Isaac, and out of Isaac came Jacob and then the 12, his 12 sons. Mm -hmm. Um, One of his youngest sons, Joseph, was sold by his brothers into Egypt. And um, when that happened, you know, he ended up, the Lord raised him up into, uh, into Pharaoh's courts and he became an advisor and became the one that, uh, you know, during their famine, he instructed uh, Pharaoh to, you know, start putting stuff aside. So um, all the nations came to Egypt during that time and were saved. And that's when the Lord reinstated the relationship Uh, with Joseph and his brothers and his father. Uh, Joseph had two sons. Mm -hmm. And when Abraham blessed his his sons, 
he gave a double portion to Joseph. Uh, so both of his sons received the blessing. So that's where you get the, you know, it goes from 12 sons to there's 13 bloodlines. Mm -hmm. So you have both Ephraim and Manasseh, his sons, who received a portion and a bloodline there. So that's where they come out of. And then where it mixes into the other cu cultures is that, you know, after the Lord brought Israel out of the land of Canaan, he told them not to intermarry, not to marry with the women of the other countries. Um, but they did. They intermarried with the Canaanites. They inter intermarried with the women of Babylon. And what were those women known for? It was for witchcraft. Um, even going all the way back to Genesis 6, um, we have the fallen angels that came down to earth and that were cast here by the Lord. And it says that they began to, um, you know, breed with the women of men. And that's how you got the Nephilim. And it says that those fallen ones taught those women in all forms of sorcery, divination, and witchcraft. Um, so that's how you get the worship of Satan and the Luciferianism into uh, the 13 bloodlines is because the men didn't remain faithful to their relationship with the Lord. They married into these other nations um, with women who were skilled at sorcery, divination, and all forms of witchcraft. Wow. So as far as that, is there one bloodline in the Illuminati that would be, is the Rothschild bloodline like the highest of all of them? Um, it is It is the line of Judah, uh, which is the line that David came out of. Um, so yes, the Rothschilds are from that line of Judah. But what we have now, I will say that the only pure bloodline is the, is the Muslim bloodline the rest um because they wanted to um we'll just say be human hosts for satan's army you know they wanted to ascend as gods they wanted to um take over the throne of god so in that process what you find is that there is so much intermixing of the bloodlines that um most high-level individuals are at least a mix of five or more Jewish lines. Wow. Um, I I know that I'm a mix of ten, wow. at least. So, um, you know, so it makes it hard to say that, you know, it's not like the Rothschilds are just of the line of Judah, and therefore, you know, they're the most powerful. Um, you really can't say that in this situation. Okay, I just wondered because I in that video, one of the videos I was listening to with John Todd, he mentioned that he was talking about <laughs> Satan and how he he appears, but he does appear at, at the Rothschild. I think he said his house or some kind yeah. of castle or something. Yes, like that. he does. And then there was another one that was the Golden Dawn Witch Coven, is another one that he appears in front of. I mean, I don't know. I just what yeah. he said. So it was pretty but that you you start to get into the chamber councils. Uh, with the Golden Dawn Witch Coven, um, that's probably one of the highest uh, level witch covens in the system. And um, you start to get into the council chambers, which are going to be 
your council of five, your council of seven, your council of nine, your council of 13, and your council of 21. And so Satan does have direct contact with each of those councils and their members. Wow. Did you ever have any um, experience with any of the Golden Dawn Witch Coven or no? Yes, I did. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, that would was back in 1981 to 84 when I was doing my training. And um, the group that I was connected to with that coven were in the Madison, Wisconsin area. And uh, they're highly prevalent there. And that's kind of their headquarters uh, because they're close to where all the mothers of darkness uh, reside. And um, two of the ancient training centers are in that area. Um, so, and so, you know, that people can look, go online, uh, look at Circle Sanctuary that's near uh, Blue Mounds, Wisconsin. Wow. And uh, I can guarantee that the majority those who meet there from that golden dawn witches coven it's pretty crazy though because i've even heard you talk about on um good dog shows way a while back about that area and what yeah. is about that it seems like that area of the u.s you know wisconsin minnesota around the great lakes and even on the you know western part of new york and is a pretty heavy area of you know rituals uh, ritual sacrifice. I mean, I know you've talked about before that they go actually go out on the water with kids and come back and there isn't any, and they tell you all these different reasons. Yeah. Is there a reason that that it's that area? Is that because that's where the Templars came in or is that just a, I mean, what would you, is there a reason that they are all in that area? Yeah. I mean, I think it, it first dealt with, um, started with Chicago where they moved from the colonies to that Chicago area. And what was important about that Chicago area was that was the area where um, when Cleopatra and Anthony uh, fled Egypt, um, that was the area where they fled and settled in. So underground there, you have this whole um, ritual area that was set up by Cleopatra. And so that's kind of their central area. They they refer to that as the eye of Horus as their center ground. And then everything extends out from that. So from that area, you have massive ritual walls that go out. Uh, one of them then extends out into that Wisconsin area and goes underneath um, churches that are, you know, surrounding those areas. And those ritual walls are to Molech. Um, who's the main guardian of them. So. Wow. That's very, that's very interesting. So it goes back to that worship of, you know, Egypt that God called right. Israel to separate themselves from, from the idol worship that extended from Egypt, which really uh, first came out of Canaan. So. Right. And I've always found it mind blowing that Solomon, when he came in and became the king in Israel, <laughs> He built all along the outside because I was like I said I lived in Israel I've been to Israel many 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 times and you have ritual sacrifices to Baal and Moloch going on outside the walls yeah. of the temple while inside the walls of the temple you have sacrifices going on to God Almighty and it's like I, I can't even fathom how he 
fell into this trap. And, and John Todd does talk a lot about Solomon, I guess, because he was in the magic. And I, you know, you hear George talk a lot about Solomonic magic and things. Right. And so it was just always has blown my mind. Like of all the things, he's the wisest man in the world. And <laughs> he decides to build these <laughs> temples to these other gods right outside the temple of the one true God. Right. But anyways, yeah, <laughs> I highly recommend the video. I'm going to put it in the description box below as well. There's there's multiple ones. But uh, last thing I just wanted to ask you, I know we've been on here for a little while now. Uh, I'm going to skip this one. But a lot of people are out there right now, which is another, uh, you know, truther thing. You know, we have some people that believe this, some don't. But Earth, and I know you've talked about this on Ride on Radio. Is Earth flat? And what's your take on the whole flat Earth thing? I personally do not believe it's flat. Um, I believe all of scripture supports uh, a round earth. Mm -hmm. In the book of Isaiah, it tells us that the Lord sits upon the void of the earth, which is another word for circle. Mm -hmm. um, I encourage people to, to watch my uh, Foundations in Kingdom Living course, because as I start to get into that, um, I break down you know, how everything that we see in the earth is created after that image of God. And God has a pattern. He has, he's based everything off of, you know, who he is and his sevenfold spirit. And as we begin to break down that imagery, you see that there is no possible way that the earth can be flat. Um, and so one of the things that I talk about, I think I broke it down in the Tribe Quantum video, mm -hmm. was that um, when you look at the sevenfold spirits of God, like if you just imagine the seven flames as seven little circles, and you start to interconnect those, um, you end up with a pattern that represents the planets or the galaxies. Um, if you break that down further, um, that same exact pattern each of us carries on our thumbs and our fingerprints. Uh, we have that universal code of God um, that connects to not just our individuality, but the entire universe, uh, literally on the palm of our hands. Wow. And so, you know, as we look at that, how can the earth be flat when we are so multidimensional? Right. You know? And I totally agree with you, too, that the earth isn't flat. But I do know there has to be something to all this, the, you know, the, um, what do you call it? The covering, not the covering, the uh, the firmament that goes across. Because you know how a lot of people, another question, well, I'll get to that in a second. But another question that I have, too, is, and I heard, I think it was Jeff say this maybe one time that he came to this conclusion. Of, and if I'm wrong, I, I'm not quoting him. <laughs> but I, is earth hollow? I don't hollow in the, I guess, depends on what sense as I don't believe it's hollow as an empty. Right. No, not empty, um, but it's not what yeah. we learn in school books. Correct. I believe that, that, you know, books like journey to the center of the earth uh -huh. um, are actual um, archeological documents, you know, of individuals who've been there. Wow. You know, I believe Jewel Varnes was there. So. Wow. Wow, that's pretty cool. And so, and, and the reason I'm asking that too is because, you know, we have everything. And I, like I said, I live very close to 
you know, NASA and SpaceX and all that. So we see rockets going up all the time. Are these rockets going into outer space, in your opinion? I mean, maybe you don't know. I don't know. But it, or is there something more to this? Or what's the reason that they continue this? Yeah, I think that's part of their narrative. Um, yeah, that's. I'll just say that's a big discussion, <laughs> Casey. <laughs> I know that would have been a can of worms. But uh, yep. anyway, Jesse, if you don't mind, could you just close us today in prayer? And uh, I'll let you go. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time together. And I ask, Lord, above all things, that you would secure our helmet of salvation and our spiritual armor, especially girding our loins with truth. Lord, let our truth rest in your word alone. Let our faith, our belief, everything work together to, um, to stand firm in that truth and let us not be moved as we are walking in these shaky times. I ask um, that you would be our solid ground and that as we walk forth preaching your truth, that you would give the demonstration of your spirit in good works, that we would heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers and cast out demons. And even that you would release to us the greater than these miracles, Lord. Um, the things that we cannot even hope for or imagine or dream of, Lord. Um, now is the time that you're releasing those. So I thank you and I praise you in your powerful name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Jesse, thanks for coming on again. God bless you. And uh, remember, everybody, the best is yet to come for the United States of America and the best is yet to come for the body of Christ. You guys have a great day. Amen.